Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. This is Hashem BPJ number 54. That's Bayez Pnimi, Shear number 54 for both men and women. We started to talk last week about the power of choices and to get into our consciousness that the marriage that we have can be transformed and bad, bad habits can be broken and that feelings of love can return to to where they were or even better, even though they were absent for a long time. And But that takes intentional choices and hard work on the part of both husband and wife. What we need to understand is, is that things happen every day that creates the need to negotiate when there is marital conflict. It's not a matter of whether there will be conflict. It will happen, but if we're not careful, it'll happen a lot. So it doesn't matter really that there is conflict. You're different people living with each other 24-7. There is going to be disagreements and different ways of looking at things. What matters is, is how we handle it, how we handle that conflict when it occurs No one, hopefully no one, wakes up in the morning and says, I want to fight with my husband. I want to fight with my wife today. Maybe some of us do. That's a different story. We're dealing with personalities that want to fight and be confrontational. It requires a whole separate set of shiurim, which we're not ready for right now. We're talking about people, most of us, that wake up in the morning and don't say, I want to fight today with my husband. I want to fight with today with my wife. They would rather want to get along with their husbands and they want to get along with their wives each and every day. And they want to try hard to get things to be that way. But the every day has a lot of opportunity for disagreements and we just get sometimes overwhelmed by that and we need to try to you know combat that or or handle it correctly. One of the biggest myths about marriage is that fights just happen, that they're random, that they're unpredictable events. That is not the case. Actually, whether you realize it or not, most of the time you're making a conscious decision, a deliberate choice. When you decide to take a disagreement, which is normal, and turn it into a fight, which is not normal and toxic. So to say fights are inevitable is not true. It's removing responsibility from the both of you when you say fights are inevitable. That's the furthest thing from the truth. If that were true, you would end up in a fight every time you had a difference of opinion, and that clearly doesn't happen by 99.9% of you. So you can learn to see conflicts coming And you will make the choice, am I going to turn this into a fight or I'm not going to turn this into a fight. And where Bezaz Hashem in the upcoming Shiurim try to talk about tools that you need to see when you're in that disagreement mode to teach you to learn skills of handling that conflict well when it happens and to understand and to get into our consciousness that we have a choice in how we, sp- how we respond when we have this argument, when we have this difference. Dictionary says conflict is a fight or a battle. 
The truth is, it shouldn't be that way. Fight is really a much more serious word. Fight is not the right word for the differences between a husband and wife, or any two human beings for that matter. Because the word fight implies that there's a competition here where there's a winner and there's a loser. And when you look at it that way, then one of the parties, or both of them, get very get hurt. In a fight, you get hurt. One of the parties, or both, even the winner, often gets hurt in a fight. So it's not a matter of, about winning a fight. We want to conquer the other person. Or you make unfair statements to hit below the belt. Or you use hurtful statements, like you're bringing out those big guns now. You look at it like a battle. That is very, very unhealthy. The conflict itself, the disagreement itself, is not unhealthy. Turning it into a fight, a battle of a winner and a loser, that is what's unhealthy. Now, it can feel like a fight sometimes, because what happens is, is that a couple could be dividing scarce resources if they're financially tight. They don't have money to buy everything they both want, or there isn't enough time to do the things they both want to do. But then now they could have a choice. Either they work together to share their limited resources of money that they have now, or of time that they could expend, or they could fight with each other for their fair share, like a winner and a loser. And we need to choose the former. We need to choose to work together to share limited sources. And the idea is, it, it should be common sense. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that competing with your husband or wife to win some type of battle will not bring you close. It'll make you, it'll separate the two. Rather, you need to make a conscious choice going forward every time you come across a disagreement or a conflict to decide to work together as a team instead of being on the opposite sides of a fence. If you do that, you have that outlook from the outset, your marriage will look radically different than it looks now. It will change tremendously when you come across any type of disagreement factor to say, yes, we don't see things eye to eye, but, but, but we are one team. So let's work on it together. It's sort of similar when you have um, competitive sports, football, basketball, whatever it is, that very often the five, let's say basketball, I'm not that familiar, but you have five players on the floor at a time on each team. If you're on the same team, you may have a different view on dealing with things that creates problems in, on the court of not being able to score right properly or not to be able to defend properly where they say to themselves, you know, we may have differences of opinion and we got frustrated with each other, but we got to work together to find that mahalach, to beat the other team, to work together. That's the way we need to look at it. And that is the key. Not to look at it like a fight, like you're on two opposite sides of the fence, but rather that you're part of the same team. When you look at yourself and make a decision that I'm going to, we're going to work together as teammates, not competing against each other to achieve our individual goals. You can make a choice to do what your partner needs, what your husband or wife needs, and give up what you need at times. You can choose to forgive your husband or wife 
even if you don't feel that they deserve forgiveness at the moment. When you love your husband and wife for real, and you make that choice, it does not mean I'm loving you as long as you are who I want you to be. It does not mean I love you unless by doing so it's inconvenient for me. It does not mean I love you as long as I can still get my way. What I choose to love you does mean is that you're making a commitment to love your husband or wife by making these choices that we're going to talk about in the upcoming shiurim that does require a degree of sacrifice. A sacrifice ultimately seems like you're giving up, but ultimately you're gaining tenfold back. You're sacrificing in certain instances that does not mean you're a shmata. It means you're being smart. None of us can get what we want in a relationship all the time. And couples who are successful choose to love each other, to learn to a degree to disagree, and to honor and to respect each other, rather to live in that world where there is the insults and the anger that creates this fighting. We're going to talk about different things, challenges that couples face in marriage, and to teach how to make successful choices, strategies for achieving positive outcomes, for making good decisions, specific skills that could be practiced and ultimately mastered, exercises, that can be done to help both husband and wife work through and thrive. And there are, you know, these are proven things from clinical practices of people who studied marriages for many, many, many years. Some of it is from the works of John Gottman, which we talked about, from others who have counseled for years and years and have seen the results. That is very, very important. You need to also choose to believe, to have hope, and to be optimistic. To expect things with a confidence. This is a famous saying. It comes from the Tzemach Tzedek, the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, Trachgut Vedzangut. No one knows what the future holds, but we hope for that the future, trust in Hashem that it will work out well. If you don't do that and you're negative, very often it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The attitude has a, is a big choice on what the outcome can and will be later. Maybe you don't feel hopeful when it comes to your marriage. Maybe you don't even feel that change is possible in your marriage. Or you feel you have no way out of the situation. Or you already experienced, unfortunately, my heart goes out to you. If you felt feel anger and bitterness and frustration... But that bitterness, anger, and frustration creates a certain tunnel vision. A tunnel vision, a narrowed vision. It narrows your vision, prevents you from seeing all your options. You have healthier options that could widen this. Anani ba'merchavka. In that, in that tightness, please widen it for me, Yask Hashem. I only see when I feel the anger and bitterness and frustration, it's not, it's not just that you feel that you are blocking out true reality of other choices you could make that could heal, that could transform. There are people that are generally satisfied with their marriages. 
Some things they wish were different, but overall they're okay. They would say they're fine. But even those people, do you want to settle for less than an amazing marriage? If you want to settle for less, you lost some hope. You're not completely dissatisfied, but you're not motivated to actively work to make your marriage as best it is as can be. And if you find it easier to ignore issues and not rock the boat, it's floating, it's floating. That is not healthy. Even if you have what you feel is a decent marriage, you are selling yourself short by saying, this is the way it is. You're losing some hope of that. So I have less than an amazing marriage. It's okay enough. But that's not good enough. You don't recognize that your choices could could transform your marriage from a less than amazing marriage to an amazing marriage. From a bad marriage to a great marriage over time. For, from a bad marriage to a better marriage in a shorter period of time. You need to truly believe that change is possible. That hope. It's not a Pollyanna, re- unrealistic, daydream fairy tale. There is real, real hope. That's the first step of transforming your marriage. You have to believe that things can get better, will get better, if you put in the work required to make that change become a reality. We said in previous Yoram three things. Yes, prayer. You always ask Hashem. Pray to Hashem for siyata deshmayin, for help. No question about it. But after you do that, you put in your full, full hishtadlis. Here you don't rely on betachin. Betachin does not mean, and you can ask all the rabbanim that you could ask, who know a lot more than me, on betachin. But it's clear they will tell you, it doesn't mean I sit back and don't do that required work that I'm mechuyiv to do in a marriage. Those choices that I need to make. And one needs to understand that. In those rare, rare exceptions, when there's severe dysfunction, when one of them is really has that serious problem, you go to real counseling for a while by a rav and a marriage counselor and therapist, and a real true one says, after all that investigation and hard work, you did everything you could, and you have to accept it as it is, you know, if you can't divorce or whatever it is, and you have to be makabal yamatsev, that's very, very, very rare. You're going to ask people around, you ask marriage counselors, you ask rabbonim that are in the field, that is extremely rare. You have sometimes such a matzav where they are a certain way and divorce is not an option or maybe it's not the healthiest option and you just have to be makabal, the matzav as is and there's nothing you can do about it. But more often than not, that's a rare, rare instance. And you can't assume that that's your case unless you actually go to the Rav that knows the field or the counselor, go through that therapy, that hard work, and after all of that sincere effort, six months, eight months, whatever their real true parameter is, and then they tell you, you know, whatever it is, that's a different story. But more often than not, we come to this conclusion on our own because of stupid convenience, without asking, without acknowledging that we have to do our own self-work. That yes, you only you can actively work to transform your marriage from okay to great, 
from bad to great over time, from bad to getting a lot better in a shorter period of time. You need to choose hope. You need to choose hope and recognize that there are skills out there that you can use that will make conflicts stop from escalating into full-fledged fights. But you need to hope for it too. Hope and then actually take action. But you need to hope. You need to be optimistic. People who coached high school baseball for many, many years, successful coaches, and then ultimately in professional, but they're already, professionals already have it in their head on their own for the most part. But for high school, coaching baseball, being successful at it, that they that athletes that they worked with, these coaches work with, were able to see an image of their mind of crushing that ball out of the park or throwing that pitch in just the right place. That in that seer, that 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 envisionment in their head, then with that hope, with that expectation, with that confidence, and of course the skills that they have to learn as they're going through the coaching of the bas- of the baseball, but that is a huge factor in determining the success of their athleticism and what they could accomplish in playing baseball in this particular example. The same way is with marriage. In the past, maybe you had disagreements and weren't able to work them out well or and it escalated into a big fight. You begin to doubt your ability to resolve conflict. You need to change that mindset. Believe that you can do it. Sometimes you, you can't snap your fingers and do it. Okay, you need to learn skills. You learn those skills. You need with time, with patience, with prayer. Shall we masmin you to find the right coach, the right person to talk to, to get those skills? Say to yourself, I will be able to resolve when conflicts come up. I will be able to de-escalate it and not turn them into full-fledged fights. I can choose to expect the best out of myself and the best out of my husband and my wife in a realistic way to bring out the best in them because of my healthy behaviors. And that really works. The key really is, at first, to achieve small successes. Overcoming past failures is to achieve small successes that builds up your confidence. You don't have to change everything overnight. People see their matziv and they say, oh, I can't change it overnight or it'll take too long or it may not even happen. They throw up their hands and they give up before they even start. And the key really is, is to start with these small steps. And Be'ezus Hashem, in the upcoming shir, we're going to talk about how to go about doing this, how to go about creating those healthy steps, those good steps. So big yesodos in this particular shear to recognize, number one, that you make a choice to work as a team instead of being on opposite sides of a fence when a conflict comes up. You're not competing with your husband or wife. There's no winner, there's no loser. There's working together. It's like people on the same team that have differences of how to approach um fighting their opponent, you know, in baseball, in basketball, in football, or whatever it is, 
and they force themselves to work together for a unified whole in order to beat the next team, even though them as individuals may see things differently, they work it through. You have to look at marriage the same way. Also, betachen doesn't mean I sit back and, 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 and don't do the work that I'm a chayiv to do. You need to actively work. And number three, to truly believe that that change is possible. To hope for it, to yearn for it, to expect it, to daven for it, then do the work and persevere and keep at it, not giving up, and you will see how you're matzliach. We're talking about things that will truly enhance and, 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 and bring your marriage to a level that you probably, possibly, did not even think it's possible to have. And you will have that bracha. My deepest hope that you all have that bracha. Bracha and atzlacha.